The following content is rated explicit for language in adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spinoff of your favorite childhood series? But do we have a podcast for you? Hello, everyone. I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, the podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The Dead of Time. Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which I try to remember from week to week. Try being the operative word. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. Alrighty. Do you know what month it is, Kat? September. September. Do you know what that means? That means we got new witches and wizards giving us their hard-earned galleons. We do, but that is not at all where I was going with this. It means that the year is almost over. It means that it's almost time for flannel and pumpkins. Pumpkins are now acceptable because we're in September. You know what else is now acceptable? Pumpkin spice acorns, colored leaves, flannel, bonfires, flannel, salted caramel, flannel. Some of that only applies to you because what that means for me is I get to go to Starbucks and get pumpkin spice and I get to break out my two fall t-shirts and that's about it because it's hot. I didn't turn my phone on silent. Whoops. I mean, we run I a real live flannel, podcast but here, But I can't people. wear it down here because it's hot AF. So I get to and drink that's why cold you visit me. pumpkin spice lattes. Well, I'm not comfortable getting on a plane at the moment. Like, that is like... I'll put you in a FedEx to- box. Oh, my God. Well, just spray it down with alcohol. It'll be fine. Are you going to pull I mean, it might it? It, <laughs> it might be a Tito's vodka box, but it's fine. We'll just ship you up here. It'll be great. Well, I would have fun messing with the FedEx guy. Let me out of here. <laughs> that hurt. Fragile. <laughs> I have to pee. <laughs> hey, uh, Gary, what's that wet spot on the box? That's nothing. Pay no attention. <laughs> Why is there brown <sighs> stuff coming out of it? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Suddenly I get a whiff of fecal matter and some Kim Kardashian perfume. Don't worry about it. Hey, that Kimoji perfume smells good. I just hate that it's Kimoji. I get that it's emojis, but I hate it so much. Well, you wouldn't hate it if you made money off of it, so. That's true. If it pays for your big mansion museum looking thing in your backyard looks like a park like then call it whatever the crap you want that is fair if only i had a father who was a lawyer who got off a murderer and then had sex and had it videotaped and then put on the internet well if then we i could have be a to admit there are worse like collaborations because we did call ourselves collaborations point collaborations Collaborations. It says poor connection. <laughs> Collaboration. But come on. Sorry, collaborations. We called, yeah, we called ourselves Clark. Clark. Like, come on. But what had happened was. 
what happened was the dead of time. <laughs> is that what we're reading? Sweet Jesus. Yes, that is what we are reading. And this chapter is appropriately titled because it's incredibly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kat, what happened last week? Okay, so what happened was apparently Jamie broke his arm because he punched what will be in the future Cedric Diggory's dad in the face, which I find hilarious. But anyways, so it was also Valentine's Day, and apparently there was a lot of love potion chocolate going around this muggle-effing castle because everybody was getting... I love you, but I don't really love you because I'm on love potion. And then I guess Maya is with Sirius now. She's no longer with Remus because they went to Hogsmeade together. And he got her a Valentine's Day present. Or was that Jamie trying to get Lily again? I forget. But I guess they're together now. No, no, no. no. Jamie got Lily the earrings with the doe and the stag based on their Patronuses because he finally saw that they matched. And then when he went to give it to her on Valentine's Day, she found, he found out that she was going to Diagon Alley with Amos Diggory. And that's why Jamie was all upset. And then Jamie broke his hand on, I think, Diggory's face. Yes. But Maya is with Sirius now. Yes. yes. No. 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 He asked her to go to Hogsmeade. She said yes, but did not realize it was Valentine's Day. Oh. But then at the end, she asked him, are we still going to Hogsmeade? And he was like, heck yeah. So I guess yeah. she wants to go. Well, yeah. They're going together. So that's a thing. Oh, okay. But they're going to be together. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe she's going to get into a trifecta with her, Sirius, and Remus. Okay, Jada Pinkett Smith. <laughs> entanglements. We're going to get into a magical entanglement. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's... <sighs> and that is what happened on... The previous episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. <laughs> I gotta say that like on TV. Previously on Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. Previously on Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. And you just offended all of our British listeners. <laughs> Previously on Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. There you go. I can't do an Australian accent. I was going to try. <sighs> the only thing I can really do is like, good day, mate. Previously on Fire Whiskey and Ani. Yeah, see, that was terrible. I can't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And to Claire Luciano especially, I'm sorry. Mainly because she's my favorite Australian ever. Because her name is Claire. No. Well, I think Maybe. her last name is fun to say. It is fun to say, I am always game for a Claire with an Italian last name who also happened to send me wedding presents. Like, I love her. Yeah. And she's the reason I finished my uh, uh, Daisy Dursley story. So, anyway. 
the dead of time. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? Are you ready for this? What are they, Claire? There are witches in this house. There are witches in this house. There's some. I listened Ooh. to it. The what she said. So the you. thing about the macaroni. I was like, "Are you kidding oh me?" And then I thought God. about it, and I was like, "Wait, that yeah. does sound like that noise <laughs> when you stir it. That's disgusting." There was a comedian who did a bit on that. God, what the fuck was his name? He was Korean Irish American, and he was Steve Byrne. Yes, love and him. And he did a thing about the macaroni and cheese, and all of you should YouTube it because it's horrifying i'm gonna write that down so i remember to post that on yes i i like steve bird he's amazing he is amazing and then like the only kiss part- me i'm irish no you're not yes i am yes, I- <laughs> but the only one that i related to is where she was like he has a beard and i want to get it wet i was like i relate to that but then somebody was like i've heard dirtier <laughs> songs and i'm like like what then named one and i was like oh god i remember that song um yeah, like the, the 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 whisper song. That was pretty dirty. Play by David Banner. That is dirty. That was that was dirty. There's some dirty ass songs out there. Also, the fact that I danced to "You Shook Me All Night Long" in the fifth grade was mildly inappropriate. Yeah. Made for a great tap song though. Yeah, because when you look back, all of these songs that we used to listen to as kids, it's like, what were our parents thinking? Like, I'm a genie in a bottle. Come on. Oh, uh, dude, my mother was furious about You Shook Me All Night Long, which is hilarious because I don't remember her saying anything about us doing a hip hop dance, wearing track pants, a black bra with mesh crop top over it, dancing to Christina Aguilera's Dirty. Yeah, right. In the sixth grade. Yeah. Like, looking back, what the fuck? <laughs> Who said that was okay? Also pretty sure that our hip-hop instructor had a coke nail. I always used to make fun of him. I was like, why is your pinky nail so long? It's coke nail. <laughs> you know exactly what I, I don't remember his name. But anyway, this I has been either. fun Key West growing up stories with Claire. Were you there with What's-Her-Face's mom? was there and she was like the hot mom and like her boob like fell out of her shirt and he was like really distracted and he kept like looking over here and he was just like I don't know what to do with myself and it's like I remember that vaguely I was just like what is going on and then she was like mom <laughs> sure and she's just like oh Ah, but yes. it's not really her fault because her chest was huge. But like, yeah, um, mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. the dead of time. <laughs> anyway, the dead of time. Jesus Christ. Ah, blooper. Social reels. commentary, anyone? Anyway, dear listeners, if you notice a sound change between our cold open and us starting this podcast. On Cat's side, it is because in a moment of pure karmic justice, her computer decided to start recording on her internal mic instead of her actual microphone, which means that we had to switch 
16 minutes into recording from her internal mic to her regular mic, so hopefully she will sound much better now. We apologize for any issues at the beginning of the episode, and fuck you for laughing at me for accidentally having my Starcross Sentries items sent to my old house, and double fuck you because then my neighbor got to go get it, and then I got to spend wonderful time with her, so... Yes, yes, yes. I will never laugh at you ever again. But even For though the sound quality at my end may suck, it was all worth it because it is hilarious. I am very proud of our cold open. And for the stuff that doesn't get put in the actual cold open, God, I hope Hannah Beth puts it in the uh, blooper reel because we talk about everything from inappropriate hip hop teachers to WAP to Steve Byrne to all sorts of things that have absolutely nothing to do with the dead of time, but that makes our podcast our podcast. I also appreciate the fact that my husband took those five minutes that it took Kat to reset up her microphone to make all of the noise with the dishes upstairs that will hopefully now be complete. Okay, anyways, the dead of time. Anyways, the dead of time. And this Chapter title is called Incredibly Stupid. I wonder why. Fitting. Fitting. Chapter 45. Incredibly Stupid. Stupid. It's just so much more fun to say it that way instead of just stupid. It's stupid. They're like a Y sound in there. Anyway, February 14th, 1976. Am I incredibly stupid? Maya asked as she stood in front of the full-length mirror in the dorm room she shared with Lily, Alice, and Mary, looking over her outfit of choice. She had yet to fully adjust to muggle attire of the 1970s, and it was rarely a concern considering she wore her robes and uniform at school, and at home, all of her clothing was made by Tilly. However, the older she got, the more she was forced into shopping trips with her female friends, which always seemed to land them somewhere in muggle London. Over the summer, Lily had all but insisted that Maya purchase the tightest pair of denim bell-bottoms that had possibly ever existed. Kat, how much do you remember about jeans in the 90s? I remember we used to sew those uh, patches on them, and I remember that sometimes you would have, like, the ones with the rips, but there would be, like, the fabric. Yeah. What was the fit like, though? They were all fairly loose, right? Yeah, I I had a pair that, like, every time I bent down, I was like, underwear check. (laughs) Yeah, we had the lowriders, but they didn't really get tight until, like, the 2000s. The 80s and the 90s were really baggy pants, right? Yes. So keeping in mind that Hermione is born in 1979 and is raised through the 80s and the 90s and goes back in 1998, pants were still pretty loose, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about that. Maya peeled at her reflection, shaking her head and laughing at the fact that she looked almost identical to old photos of her muggle mother. Her ensemble came complete with a flowy blouse and the only jewelry she ever wore, the charmed galleon necklace James had given her, the earrings from the younger Sirius, and the goblin-forged bracelet from the older Sirius. Stupid for what? Lily asked, grinning as she slipped herself into a dark blue jumpsuit, her long red hair curling slightly and hanging over her shoulders. You look amazing, by the way. I look ridiculous. These are too tight. Why do trousers have to be this tight? It's the muggle fashion, 
Lily explained with a smile. She chuckled a little as she helped Maya with her belt, ignoring the withering glare being sent her way. You purebloods are so much fun. Besides, I never see you complain about tight trousers when boys are wearing them. Maya blushed. I have no idea what you're talking about. Lily laughed. Oh, please. What's that face for? You don't complain about tight trousers when boys are wearing them? Are they wearing skinny jeans? Are they punk no, rockers? They're bell bottoms. Think Saturday Night Live. How fucking tight were his pants? Fever, but yes. Oh, what did I say? Saturday Night Live. That's the show. <laughs> Fever is the movie. Yeah, that's what I meant. Okay, yeah, Fever. that makes sense. I was thinking more like... Emo skinny emo, emo punk boys. Yeah, that's what I was like. The first thing that came up was like the skinny jean and hey there, Delilah. What's it like oh, in yes. New York City? <laughs> God, I miss high school. You know, at the time I was like, this fashion is style is timeless. This is never going to go out of style. And now I'm like, Damn, my kids are going to make fun of us. Yeah, but some of it's coming back. Like, some of our parents' stuff is coming back. So, like... Dude, 70s. The 70s is back. Full swing. The 20s is back. Full swing. Yeah. Honestly, I just want the 50s to come back. Hello, big pearls, great dresses. Like, ugh, yes. But, anyway... Yeah, I agree, because I was watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and that's, like, around that, like, I'm like, I want your clothes. Right. Yeah, I told somebody that I wanted one of those cape dresses, because she wore, like, one of those dresses with the capes, and they were like, did you learn nothing from The Incredibles? And I'm like, but- No capes. But, but- No capes. It's cute, and it doesn't go down to the floor. Speaking of The Incredibles- Watch the second one again. It fits 2020. Okay. It's great. Also, my brother-in-law looks just like Dash. It's really funny. We kept like looking over at him the entire movie and just laughing. My sister calls him Dashel. Anyway, dead of time. Maya blushed. I have no idea what you're talking about. Lily laughed. Oh, please. Maya sighed, annoyed with how self-conscious her reflection looked in the mirror. Lily, am I incredibly stupid? Are we talking about you cursing 20 girls in the Great Hall this morning for hitting on black? Lily asked, using her prefect voice. Maya rolled her eyes. It was 17, and they didn't hit on Sirius. They tried to poison him. Besides she said, as she took in a slow, deep breath to calm herself. I already gave the counter curse to Madame Pomfrey. It'll be fine. <laughs> so, it's very, when, in Mean Girls, when she gave Regina Jores the bars to, like, make her gain weight. <laughs> uh, it just turns into water weight, and then it just comes right off. <sighs> Is butter a carb? Better's everything, you dumb bitch. Anyway, the dead of time. What? Nothing. We don't deal with Evu in this house. Butter or bust. I lost my spot. <laughs> so, 
Your self-imposed stupidity, stupidity must be in regards to your rumored date with the infamous Lothario, Lily asked with a raised brow. Who the hell is Lothario? Lothario is like, uh, there's an actual specific historical figure that it, uh, I think it's from a play. Damn it, now I have to look it up. I hate you. Sorry, I ask questions. Lothario. This is what happens when I hang out with Brianna. I get curious about things. Why is the sky blue? Okay, this is the reason. But why? But why? But why? It's like living with a three-year-old, but with the educational background of a doctor. It's awful. Lothario is a man who behaves selfishly and irresponsibly in his sexual relationships with women. Uh, is a male given name that came to suggest an unscrupulous seducer of women based upon a character from the impertinent curious man or el curioso impertinente whoa impertinente lo siento mi español es horrible interesting yo sé Maya knew her friend was only teasing, but the stack of Valentine's Day cards on the breakfast table, and the rumors she had heard over the years, not to mention the few times she had actually seen Sirius sneaking off with some random witch behind corners and down dark corridors, made her feel terribly inexperienced by comparison. Awkwardly, she smoothed her hands down her blouse, frowning at her reflection. Oh, Maya, I was just kidding. Lily grabbed her hand and pulled her over to sit down on the bed beside her. I'm not good at this, Lily. I can't look at him and not think about his past, the future, Maya thought, but said nothing. Does it upset you, the gossip about him? No, Maya said, surprised by her answer. But then she had known the older Sirius's reputation long before she had ever been sent back to meet his younger self. What bothers me is that he's unreliable. I can't trust that he'll tell me the truth. He's all sarcasm and jokes. And while it's endearing, slightly, she allowed with a roll of her eyes, he's not about, he's not open about anything. It scares me. You dated a werewolf for a year, Lily pointed out. Yes, and I am more afraid of Sirius Black, Maya shouted. What the hell does that say about me? Probably you really like him, and you're afraid of getting too close and getting hurt. Do you think he'd hurt you? He can't, Maya said, thinking about what her mother had told her about the soul bond and how she and Sirius would be incapable of truly harming one another. Although she knew that's not what Lily meant. I've known Sirius for years. He's always bordered on this strange line between protector, friend, and... something else. Is he the reason you and Remus broke up? Lily asked, her brows furrowed. Yes. Maya admitted, sighing as she put her hands in her face. Her face in her hands. Whoops. <laughs> Shut up. And no, it's complicated. Uncomplicated. I don't think I can. She almost laughed at the idea of confessing her secrets, telling Lily all about how she was sent back in time by an older Remus who had a wife and a child, but never before thought to mention that he had dated her in the past how Sirius had been dead, and how she brought him back to life, thus provoking an ancient and rare bond that tied the two of them together. Oh, and you're also my best friend's dead mother, and his father, a.k.a. your husband, is my brother. Say what? 
Exactly. Let's just say that Remus and I aren't meant to be. Lily smirked incredulously. Do you really believe in soulmates? Lily, there are some things that, as a muggle-born, you're going to need to open your mind up to, Maya said, and then silently laughed, realizing how pissed off she would have been if somebody had said that to her. Werewolves have mates. I'm not Remus's. If I was, believe me, I would be with him. Oh, Lily frowned. Does he know? Who his mate is? Maya shook her head. It's rare that werewolves ever even find them. I believe she's out there, but he's not so sure. So that means he can't be with anyone else? Maya could see the sadness in Lily's green eyes, and she couldn't help but smile at the pure empathy in her depths. He can, it's just, I don't know. He described it as knowing that perfection is right there, but not being able to reach it. Like trying to scratch an itch on your back. You can stretch and contort yourself all you want, and it might feel good, but if you can't reach that one spot, then it's a little frustrating. That's awful. Poor Remus. How does Sirius fit into this? You could say... Our magic is compatible, Maya shrugged, not knowing how else to explain it without confessing too much. Dumbledore cautioned her to to keep her secrets for the safety of others, and if there was anyone she wanted to keep safe just as much as her boys, it was Lily Evans. She knew, in the end, what would happen, but if there was one thing Maya was not going to chance, it was the eventual birth of Harry Potter. I think you should give it a chance, Lily said with a look of determination. If the only reason you're holding back is because you're scared, then that's not very Gryffindor of you. So, she took in a deep breath and Maya could not help but smirk at her sudden gusto. Suck it up. Take your tiny little arse in those tight little trousers downstairs and have fun on your date. Your optimism is both infectious and incredibly irritating. Speaking of dates, how's Amos? Lily glowered. He'll live. Your brother, on the other hand. Quick chapter break. How you feeling? What you thinking? Good God, this is a long chapter. Yeah, I I agree. It is super long. What are you trying to do to me, Shia? No, I'm kidding. But for real. Um, Also, fun fact, this is episode 13, which means we only have five episodes left after this because season three ends at season three, episode 18. So if you want to hear the Q&A between us and Shia, please don't forget to join us on Patreon. Also, if you want to hear next week's episode, Go Dirty, and see it performed live, the AO3 version, that is, because we're going to read the fanfiction version here, but the archive of our own version, which is a little... That is only going to be available on Patreon, which you can get if you just donate $1 a month. Thank you so much. And back to our regularly scheduled show. Oh my god, my ear is itchy. Ah! Okay, we're good. <laughs> Hi, I'm Claire. I'm a professional. <laughs> and this is fine. Uh, Claire needs a tissue. She got issues. Yeah, I forgot you used to say issue tissue all the time. Sirius watched as James paced back and forth by the front doors of the castle as the other students began filing out to leave. 
Remus was already upstairs in his bed, resting up for the full moon tomorrow night, and Peter was in the hospital wing. Apparently, 17 love potions required more than one simple antidote. James would have been on the pitch, except he had come to see Maya and Sirius off. Do not snog, my sister. Do not touch my sister's arse. Do not touch my sister's waist. Do not touch my sister's... Do not touch my sister. Sirius blinked at him, feigning ignorance. So you don't want me to touch your aunt? Pads, James said, seething. What if she slips and falls and hurts herself? Sirius asked with a smirk. You expect me to just leave her on the ground? That's not very gentlemanly of me. You are not a gentleman, Padfoot. Hence this little speech. I remember the speech you gave to Mooney. I think I can switch out my name for his and we can be done with this. You get a different speech, arsehole, James snapped. My sister will not be another notch on your bloody bedpost. So little faith in me, Prongs, Sirius said with a lighthearted voice, but his eyes narrowed in annoyance at the fact that his best friend clearly thought so little of him. Sirius wanted to tell James that Maya could have been his girlfriend a long time ago, but he had sacrificed that potential for her sake. He tried not to think about that. His reasons before had been sound, and they had not really changed. Had they? It was moments like these that made him regret every one-night stand and quick shag in the broom closet he had ever taken part in. Sure, when it happened, it was helpful in burying the shitty feelings inside of him. Shagging muggle-borns and half-bloods always made him smile a little, as though he were somehow ruining the black family name in the process. The short, sweet moments he shared with random girls helped to make him forget that he would eventually have to go to a home where he was constantly reminded of his duties to family. His family who did nothing but tell him what a worthless piece of blood traitor trash he was. Good for nothing. Well, Sirius knew that there was at least one thing he was apparently very good for, and he had a long list of girls to verify it. Loudly. Multiple times. <laughs> wow, wow. If it was real. Oh. Oh, I don't know. I feel like at that age, you don't really have that artifice, especially not in the 70s. Like today, a girl can watch like one episode of porn and go, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. Ah. Whereas in the 70s, they didn't have that shit. Just had to go completely off of instinct. What? Nothing. I'm waiting for you to say. Over the Christmas holidays. Over Christmas holidays, his parents sat him down and told him they were in the process of looking for his future bride. Suddenly, the scandalous nights with random Ravenclaws stopped being fun. He had turned 16 in November, and Walberga bitched and moaned about how he should have been marked for the cause over Christmas, but their guest of honor had business elsewhere. Sirius did not want to know who they were talking about, but he knew exactly what they meant when they said the word marked. What do they mean? Dark Mark. Dark Mark. Spot oh, on. seriously? I just pulled that out my yeah. butt because that's the only thing I knew. Yeah, no, they, they wanted him to get the Dark Mark over the Christmas holidays. Most nights he struggled to sleep, dreading summer holidays when he knew he would have to go home. Ridiculous days like Valentine's Day made him want to live in the moment, forget that he would have to face the expectations of his family soon. 
He could be a stupid, impulsive teenager for now. But James was quick to remind him that he could be neither stupid nor impulsive with Maya. Fine, I won't fucking touch your bloody sister. Wow. Oh, fuck. Sirius muttered and turned, cringing to see Maya scowling at him from the bottom of the staircase. You're an arsehole, prongs. Lovely way to start off our date, Maya said scathingly, as she stormed past both of them, shoving Sirius in the shoulder as, he, as she moved. Lily, just behind her, gave James a burning glare as she pushed her way through the door, linking her arm with Amos Diggory's as she reached him. Fan-fucking-tastic, Sirius groaned, patting James on the back. Thanks for that, mate. Well, I didn't want her upset, James murmured under his breath. I know, I know, Sirius said. Then, with his friend distracted, he slapped James in the dick with the back of his hand, sending him groaning to the ground while Sirius darted off after Maya. Hashtag I appreciate rude. It, man. <laughs> uh, Max does that to my husband all the time. Sack tap. Anyway. Maya, he called after her, but she was not stopping. Maya, fuck! He skip, slipped his dragon hide boots, not boots, boots. What the fuck? What I the, can't talk. What is it. a boots? I don't know what a boot is. Um, fuck. He slipped his dragon hide boots, not having much purchase in the snow. Kitten, will you wait up? Careful. She turned and glared at him. Don't get too close. Wouldn't want you to accidentally touch me. You know that was because of your bloody brother. Sirius rolled his eyes as he used a nearby Hufflepuff to regain his balance. Smiling gratefully, he scooted off after Maya before she had a chance to outrun him. I am apparently good enough to be his best friend, but a far cry from being worthy enough to even hold your bloody hand. Do you really think Jamie is capable of just forgetting your reputation? She asked him sharply. Considering how often he asks me for details, I'm pretty certain it's impossible. Unless you know how to obliviate him for me, Sirius suggested with a smirk. Look, you don't want this to be a real date. You let me know right now, kitten. Maya said nothing. Why do you and Remus break up? He asked, splitting the silence between them that had lasted the whole walk down to Hogsmeade. High Street was flooded with other students mostly couples rushing off to Honeydukes or Madame Puttyfoot's. Maya rolled her eyes at the sight, and Sirius took notice and let out a laugh. I'd have thought you'd be the romantic. Aren't you and Mooney always quoting poetry at one another? Not always poetry, Maya argued, turning back, to, back at him. As for our breakup, I told you, we made better friends. But you're willing to come on a date with me? Sirius asked. Does that mean our friendship isn't worth saving? Where do you want to go first? Maya asked, ignoring his questions. You lead, Sirius, Sirius shrugged, and began following her through the street. So, if you and Mooney are better as friends, why do the two of you still sneak off together? Maya turned, gaping at him. What? You and him are hiding something, Sirius stared at her. I know you are. He sneaks off in the middle of the night sometimes, comes back to the room smelling like soaps from the prefect's bathroom. I imagine he's leaving to shower then. What does that have to do with me? 
you smell like the same soaps, Sirius pointed out, and he felt a growl deep inside of his chest forcing its way out when he noticed the skin of her neck flush at his words. Taking trips together up to the private baths for a little post-breakup snog? She turned and snarled at him. Green is a hideous color on you. Sirius glared back at her, feeling the hair on the back of his neck stand on end the way that his fur did in his animagus form. I don't share. I'm not yours. Funny, the way you cursed all those girls this morning sure seemed to say otherwise. I would have done the same thing for Jamie or Remus, she insisted. He rolled his eyes, not believing her for one minute. So, let's get some things in the air, kitten, he said, as he continued to follow her, casting a dirty look at Snape while he watched him enter Dervish and Bangs. Are you pissed at me because I kissed you a few years ago and then walked off, kissed you last Christmas and then walked off, or because I told James that I wouldn't touch you? None, she snapped. All! He sighed irritably. Merlin, you're bloody frustrating. When did you and I stop being able to just, I don't know, talk? He reached for her hand, pulling her around to face him. We've been friends since we were 11, Maya. You seemed just fine with me, for the most part, the whole time you dated Remus. Now you're either pissed off at me all the time, or petting my fucking head in the common room. Maya scowled. Want me to stop? Being pissed? Yes, Sirius yelled. What the hell do you want from me? I, I don't know. I don't... I don't know. Can you try and figure it out? He asked sincerely. Learn occlumency, she blurted out. Learn occlumency and I'll tell you everything. So you are keeping secrets. She chuckled quietly. All girls have secrets. The two made their way into the three broomsticks. Sirius ushered Maya into a booth with his hand on her lower back, tossing his usual charming smile up at the bartender. Rosie, two of your best butterbeers for me and the lovely lady. They ate in virtual silence. Sirius gave her the time she needed, though he would have never offered such peace to any other girl who all but ignored him while on a date. After a long while, she looked up at him and smiled. The sparkle in her eyes had returned. It lit something inside of Sirius and made him grin at her. Not his usual flirtatious act, but a true grin. A genuine smile, and he gave it to her because, in this moment, he was actually happy. I'm sorry about earlier, Maya admitted. I just... I feel like I'm having trust issues lately. Sirius smiled in return not placating her with audible forgiveness as they left the three broomsticks and walked back up the street. Do you care if I stop at Honeydukes? she asked. I promised Remus I'd get him some chocolate frogs. Getting the ex-presents while on a date? Sirius teased, tucking a lock of hair beneath the wool-knit cap she wore. You're not doing much for my ego here, kitten. Go on, he said, gesturing towards Honeydukes. I was thinking about heading into Zonko's myself. I'll just be a few minutes, Maya smiled, and squeezed his hand, rushing into the shop. Was wondering when you'd show up. Sirius turned to see Marlene McKinnon approaching him. 
Well, shit. He nodded at her, trying to be polite. McKinnon. You didn't answer my card this morning. She pouted, her blue eyes flashing as she tossed her long blonde hair with one hand. Hurt my feelings. If you didn't notice, I had quite the pileup of mail. Sirius chuckled, purposefully not making eye contact. He'd gone back to his room after the debacle in the Great Hall, fully intent on finding some good sweets that he'd sneaked away in his trunk. He wanted to bring them down to Peter in the hospital wing. A card on his pillow stole his attention, however, and he recognized Marlene's handwriting immediately. He burned the thing without opening it. What can I say? I'm a popular bloke. I see that. My date's in Honeydukes, he explained, when he saw her looking up and down the street as though she were preparing to disapparate away, away with him side-alonged against his will. Considering the shitstorm of love potions that came in his mail, he would not put it past her. She had not exactly been amicable about him not wanting to shag her again. New girlfriend. You know me better than that, he laughed hoping to remind her of how unreliable he was. When have I ever had a girlfriend? I thought I came a little close, she leaned in, touching the collar of his robes. Wouldn't you say? I thought what we had was pretty special. Special, sure, Sirius acknowledged, not wanting to hurt her feelings. Fleeting, though. I'm not good with the commitment stuff. You know that. He shrugged his shoulders, hoping it would shrug her off of him, but she held on tight. She stared hard into his eyes, and Sirius groaned in irritation. He knew that look. It had been the look she'd given him the morning after he left her in front of the shrieking shack after their first snog. It was the same look she'd given him later when she saw him after their first shag, where he also up and left her. It was determination. Marlene McKinnon did not take rejection well, and Sirius did not like needing to give a firm no to girls that got a little clingy. The Ravenclaw, however, was pushing it as she leaned in much too close for his liking, at least for his liking while he was on a date with another girl. He froze, shocked, wondering if he should shove her into the nearest snowbank. He pulled away from the girl too slowly. Marlene's lips landed on his. Serious? Fuck. He turned quickly, pushing Marlene off of him as he spotted Maya standing outside of Honeydukes, glaring at the scene in front of her. She kissed me, Sirius shouted, pointing at Marlene. He turned back and glared at the blonde, only to see her grinning up at him with a vindictive look on her face. You planned this? What the hell, Marlene? See how you like being left all alone, Marlene huffed, and then turned and walked away. When Sirius turned back to explain and apologize, Maya was gone. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun fucked up, A.A. Ron. Remus was too restless to sleep. A headache from that morning had edged itself away, but the lingering symptoms of unease continued to plague him. If there were not three feet of snow on the ground, he might have thought to go outside and run the energy off. As it was, he tried to force himself to relax in the common room with a book until he felt something hot in the pocket of his trousers and curiously reached down to retrieve the charmed galleon that Maya used for their AD meetings. Looking at the coin, Remus raised a brow. R-O-R-M-P. 
What's ROR? I have no idea. Room of requirement. Okay. She wanted to meet in the room of requirement now. Worried that something happened, Remus stood and made his way over to Peter's bed and dug through his friend's trunk, knowing that Peter never kept the galleon on him, always afraid of accidentally spending it. When he found Peter's charmed galleon in the pouch of his friend's trunk, Remus saw that there was no message on it, so Maya was not calling a group meeting. This message was specifically for him. Your date? R.L. Remus tapped the galleon to relay the question to her. A moment later, he got a reply. Need you, MP. He sighed, shaking his head, already running through the list of how many ways Sirius had fucked this up. On the grass of the recreated forbidden forest in the room of requirement, Maya sat, embracing her knees against her chest. She had to focus on swallowing the emotions that threatened to show since the moment she stepped out of Honeydukes. Or maybe before that, before when they had walked High Street, screaming at one another. Would that be her life, fighting with Sirius? It's day. Maya turned at the sound of his voice to see Remus looking curiously around the room. Normally, when you turn the room into the forest, you make it night. I didn't want to remind you of the moon right now, she lied. The truth was, she could not bear to look at the stars. Without another word, she stood and rushed forward, running into Remus's arms as they opened for her. She clung to him tightly and sighed with relief when she felt him nuzzle her neck and breathe her in. Safe. Here, in his arms, she was safe. No speaking was necessary. Maya turned her chin up and pulled him down to meet her lips, trying to convey her need. This close to the full moon and having lacked affection all week, she knew that he would break easily. A part of her felt bad about it, but Remus did not fight back in the slightest, responding to her immediately and aggressively, delving into her mouth with her t- with his tongue while his hands took her hip took her by the hips. Good God, there's too many hisses and hers happening there. Remus did not fight back in the slightest, responding to her immediately and aggressively, delving into her mouth with his tongue while his hands took her by the hips, hard, and tipped her backward until she fell into the grass with him on top of her. Remus, please, Maya moaned as he pulled away from her mouth to stare down into her eyes. His were golden, and, for at least a moment, she knew that hers would be amber. He tore his fingers into the unbelievably tight denim surrounding her arse and thighs while she simultaneously pulled her blouse over her head. She felt him shiver when his hands touched her bare skin. He grinned as he removed each and every last scrap of fabric from her form, leaving himself fully clothed in the process. Maya looked up at him, eagerly, and despite his golden eyes, the growl in his throat and his flaring nostrils, all the obvious signs that the wizard was shifting uh, above her was more moony than Remus. She felt safe. She tried to reach for him, but he smacked her hands away as he undid his own buckle, taking full control as he pulled his cock free of his trousers. Fix me, she thought with tears in her eyes. With no preparation or warning, Remus sheathed himself inside of her to the hilt, and Maya cried out at the intrusion that caused a lustful mixture of pain and pleasure to churn inside of her body. She closed her eyes and let herself get lost in the moment, ignoring the fact that she was doing exactly what she had always accused Sirius of doing. 
using sex as a way to distract from pain and hurt. Despite the fact that her body was growing tenser with every thrust, Maya tried to relax into Remus's hand, though his grip was so tight she knew she would be bruised come morning. There was nothing but the two of them, the sky, and the earth. Remus was rarely one to speak during sex, especially this close to the moon, when he offered her his primal grunts and growls, but between her own gasps and building moans of ecstasy, she heard him lace words between each thrust. Tight and wet and deep, and a very possessive tone when he groaned out, Ours. He hitched her leg over his hip and the new angle let him drive deeper, hit harder. When he bottomed out inside of her, Maya fell over the edge. You good? Yes, I'm fine. <laughs> Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> it's gonna be a good night. She gripped his shoulders, digging her nails into his flesh, wrapping her legs tightly around his waist and holding him against her, bringing him down quickly into the aftermath of her shattering. She wrapped relished the muffled sound from his lips as he cried into the crevice of her neck as his body went rigid above hers. It was easy. Being with Remus was easy. It was a dance that she knew all the steps to, a song where she knew all of the lyrics. He was Hogwarts, a history, and she had memorized every single word of him, could see every page behind closed eyelids. My heart, my heart, my heart. Her soul protested. The moment she came down from her high, reality flooded back. Somehow, the intense physical pleasure she had brought, uh, she had brought her walls down for left her open and vulnerable. Unable to stop herself, Maya burst into tears. Remus reacted immediately. Pulling away from her and looking down into her face with guilt, he gasped, M Maya, I didn't mean to. Are you okay? I'm sorry if I hurt you. He tried to apologize, but a look of confusion crossed his face when she shook her head and tried to snuggle further into him. Maya, he asked, clearly worried. What did Sirius do? She couldn't tell Remus that the, re the reason she was really crying. She'd been upset at seeing Sirius kiss another girl, or, as he claimed, another girl kissing him. She'd been angry over their fight and bitter about the way he treated whatever relationship they had with such frivolity, but she was not angry with him. She was angry with herself. It was easy to be with Remus in this time, to be open with him, because she had his letter to guide her, a letter where he begged her not to blame herself for what the future had in store. Remus did not blame her for changing the outcome of the war, for not changing the outcome of the war. He didn't blame her for not saving his friends. He did not blame her for leaving him alone for decades. It was hard to look at Sirius and see the pain he was quietly suffering through because of his family. He was already turning cold and hard, and any time he pulled away from her, closed himself off from her, all she saw was a stony, angry face, waxy skin, sunken eyes, and the long, matted hair of an escaped murderer, Sirius Black the man she met in the Shrieking Shack all those years ago. By not changing the future, she would leave Remus alone, and he forgave her for it. By not changing the future, she would leave Sirius broken, 12 years in Azkaban. 
What? I did my waiting. Twelve years of it. In Azkaban. But for real, though, think about it. These are her friends, and she knows that he's going to go to jail for 12 years for something he didn't do in the worst prison anybody could possibly imagine. Like, that's got to weigh heavily on you. Yes. Oh, sweet monkeys, my back just popped. Who could possibly forgive her for that? Maya, Remus asked her again, drawing her back to him. Maya, what did Sirius do? Nothing, she thought. He's an innocent man. He didn't deserve it. She had to tell Remus something, so she whispered, McKinnon, knowing it made the most sense right now. That arsehole, Sirius sighed and kissed her forehead. I'm sorry, love. I pushed you into this too soon. Remus, I... I think something bad is going to happen to Sirius, and I don't know how to stop it. She frowned, thinking of everything in the future. Sirius blasted off of the family tree, framed for the murder of his friends, losing everything and everyone, and imprisoned for twelve years. Maya, it's not your job to fix the world, Remus whispered softly, rolling off of her and wrapping an arm around her waist, pulling her close up against him and molding her back to his chest. Sirius needs to figure out how to take care of himself. Remus tucked himself back into his trousers and relaxed against the grass. Eventually, Maya stopped crying, and he could make out the soft puffs of her breath against his neck, indicating sleep. Knowing she needed it, and he could use the rest as well, Remus stayed put. Minutes later, something burned in his pocket, and Remus carefully reached into his trousers, removing the galleon and glaring at it. Where's Maya, S.B.? Remus remained silent as he replied, not wanting to disturb the girl in his arms. Our job, R.L. He glared down at the message that he sent back to his friend, reminding him of the oath they had taken years ago. When Sirius did not reply immediately, Remus sent another message to further his point. You fucked up, R.L. It was several minutes before the galleon grew hot in his hand again. When Remus looked down, he saw the reply. I know, S.B. Oh boy. You done fucked up, A.A. Ron. Who the crap is A.A. Ron? Okay, girl, you need to watch some Key and Peel, like, for real, though. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I'm adding that to the list of things we also need to share that today, the day this episode airs. So... What you think? I think something is about to happen. I think there was a sex scene I forgot about in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't that bad. No, no. Again, fan fiction is sort of the more mild one. I think I mentioned last week that the episode that we originally did, the archive of our own version four, 
um, Shia had actually had a cleaner version on fan fiction, but then decided that the AO3 version really wasn't that bad. So she put that version on fan fiction. So that's why that one was a little raunchy. But from here on out, the fan fiction versus AO3 should be a little more graphic. Yes, so I've been told because somebody that I know that listens wasn't reading ahead, but then she started to read ahead and last night was like, you are in for some blushing. And I'm like, Quick pause. Who is it? Huh? Who is it? Nice. That's why she wants to pay because she wants to see me blush now. (laughs) Ha ha. Back to the show. Anyway, what time do you think it is, Kat? It is time to thank the people to say my name, say my name. Say my name, say my name. When no one is around, you say, baby, I love you. Why the sudden change? Sorry. God, I miss our childhood. All right, you cool cats and kittens. It is time to announce our newest Patreons. We've got our dogs we've got our stags and we've got our wolves so and yes i did say cool cats and kittens why because cat carol muggle effing basket is on dancing with the stars what the crap well perfect time for the fbi to raid her house and prove that she killed her husband but whatever I hope she does not win. I will be so sad. I will be too. But that is not what is important right now, Cat. What is important right now is our dogs, stags, and wolves. So, for our new dogs, we've got... And I I even had her send me a clip so that I would pronounce this correctly because it's a Finnish name. Gatri, Chloe, Francis, Shyalani. I'm really excited. The queen Um, is our Patreon. The queen. The queen is our Patreon. So, Katri, Chloe, Francis, and Shia are our new doggy dogs. We love you so much, you loyal little bitches. Uh, Then we've got our new stags. We have Jenny, Erica, and Rebecca. And then, of course, our wolves. We have Lisa. We have... Jen, and I am going to butcher this name. We have Frau Holly, and we have Rachel. Thank you so much, guys, for contributing to our Patreon. We appreciate you. Very, very much. Thank you for giving us your hard-earned galleons and muggle plastic. We would like to thank Miriam, Rachel, Becky, Jackie, Aguila, Becky, Rebecca, Carissa, Sandra, Chelsea, Nevi, Ryder, Ryland, Olivia, Ashley, Heather, Amara, Claire, Claire, Roshan, Jade, Hannah, Shannon, Audrey, Paige, Jillian, Kelly, Martina, Samantha, Amanda, Miranda, Sarah, Danielle, Caitlin, Rin, and Laura. Thank you so much, everybody, for contributing. Amen, sister. Gracias. Yes, thank you so much to all of our Patreons. We appreciate every single thing that you guys do. And we hope you join us next. Fire Whiskey Friday. But before we sign off for this week, uh, I did just remember we did launch a new subgroup called Fire Whiskey and Fitness. 
and I know we talked about this last week, but I just want to talk about it again. Talk about it again. So we have our Facebook group, which is Fire Whiskey and Honey Podcast. We have Fire Whiskey and Fitness. We have, and if you have read ahead and you want a place where you can discuss spoilers without spoiling them for Cat, because we do not allow that in the podcast group, you can actually go to the OG Fire Whiskey and Honey group, which is where we got the idea for the name of this podcast. And they that page is not run by us. That is run by a different cat and Becky, and they do a great job of running it. Do remember, though, that their group and our groups are separate. Ours are podcast-based. Theirs is Shyalani-based. But we have a great working relationship. So if you want a place where you can go talk about their spoilers and all of Shia's work, we recommend you go check out Fire Whiskey and Honey. Now, their group is with the and sign, not the actual word and. Um, but we are Fire Whiskey and the Word Honey podcast. Right. Also, you can find us on Twitter at... Is it FWH Pod or Fire Whiskey and Honey? It's, I believe it is FWH Pod, but I will look at that. Neat, because I believe we are that FWH also... Podcast. That's what it is. And on Instagram, we are FWH Pod. So there are lots of ways for you to follow us. We, we're really trying to ramp up our social media output. So if you want to interact with us outside of the podcast, we recommend you reach out to us on Twitter, on Instagram, on the Facebook group. We also have a Facebook page and, of course, our new fitness group that we are both really enjoying, Fire Whiskey and Fitness. So now that we have given you the full pitch on all of our social media platforms, we will see you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Hacha! Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire Whiskey and Honey. A special thank you to Shyalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episodes. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWH Podcast. And on our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. I don't know why I do a weird <laughs> sound at the end of every episode. It's just my, it's a thing now and it's, it's my thing, but.